Welcome to Two SoCal Gals. It's going to be an all-MLS show this week with MLS Cup just uh, two days away here in SoCal. And I've heard that at least one podcast analyst is excited. Oh my god. Oh. My. God. Um, yes, this is Two SoCal Gals. I'm Josie, joined as always by Alicia. And it's not quite yet time to put the bow on this MLS season, but we can at least wrap the gift. MLS agrees and has given us plenty of award winners to debate, so let's start with 2012 MLS MVP Chris Wondolowski. We've debated the heck out of this award race. Uh, were you surprised by just how thoroughly Wando crushed his competition? Not really. I mean, I think, you know, to me, it seemed like all season it was a combination of the fact that uh, San Jose doesn't have sort of a superstar on their team, and he's the closest equivalent to that, uh, coupled with the fact that he had a great season. And obviously, you know, we have talked about the merits and demerits if you know if you can say that of uh, Wando's uh, season, but you know the fact is that he he matched a mark uh, for goal scored that that hadn't been uh, touched since the the first season uh, of the league, and you know I think he he really was also kind of the representative for San Jose's success throughout the the regular season, and I think um, you know I, I think even people who sort of quibble with um, you know maybe his selection. I think most of them also grant that there aren't that many other candidates who really could have put up a good, as good of a fight compared to him. So, you know, in my mind, it makes it easy. And although it was a little interesting about how the, the, the voting broke down a little bit, but what did you think? Yeah, I mean, looking specifically at how the voting broke down, like 97% of the media had Wondolowski as their MVP, which is pretty much as close as a blowout as you can possibly get. I, I don't know if this is just a case of the narrative was just too strong for really anyone to kind of go against it, but I just thought there would be someone more than me um, who casts a vote for Thierry Henry. Um, I am part of that 3.03%. Um, but, it was but, you, right? You were the one who, who screwed up the unanimous vote in the media? Yeah, it was just me, in yeah. fact, if you do all the math. Um, but then he got, Terry Henry got nothing from the from the club side of things, which I believe is like general managers and presidents and stuff. Um, and then you have someone like Brad Davis, who gets a couple of club votes, but like nothing from the media and nothing from the player votes. And yeah, it's Brad Davis, who's, you know, like free kick, Especialists with well, especially with Beckham leaving now, um, and his team's in the final, and you know made a good run toward the end, and you know that narrative was never ever ever going to beat out the Wondolowski um, best player ever on the best team era uh, narrative, and also you know, just considering when the voting happened like, at, at the end of the year, like that was the narrative. Yeah, I mean, I am assuming for Henri, he got a penalty because, uh, you know, the clubs thought uh, thought he was kind of a dick or something, and that, you know, like, I'm guessing that that was kind of held against him, you know, versus because a lot of media folks, you know, also don't like him either because he's, you know, he's apparently really difficult to to work with and to try and talk to and that sort of thing. 
Um, but I don't know. That seems a little overboard when you're talking about a player's on-field performance to me. But, of course, I haven't been snubbed by him. So, you know, what, what do I know? Yeah, he got 12% of the player votes. So clearly the, his peers think somewhat highly of him. But Yeah, but, I mean, nonetheless, obviously, congrats to Wondolowski. He had a, he had a great season. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I voted for him. And I, I think he, he, you know, he was a good well-deserved uh, of the award. So um, as we mentioned, MLS Cup is but two days away. And is there any chance Houston pulls off the upset and becomes the third MLS franchise to win three championships? So my opinion here, obviously, is laced in bias. But that being said, a lot of the predictions uh, seem to be in the two to nothing, two to one range for the LA Galaxy, except for well, our boy Chris Wondolowski, or your boy, not mine, <laughs> uh, who appears at a two-one victory for Houston, which is basically just pundit speak for I think that team will win. So it's a uh, two-one because that's uh, a scoreline. Um, so I don't put too much stock into how many goals they think actually will, will take place in the match. I think a 2 nothing scoreline, which is what I'm predicting, is much more, I think, the Galaxy will get a first half goal, and it's going to force Houston to be even more open, and then the Galaxy will get a second half goal. Um, that's how I see it uh, sort of shaking out. But what do you think? Uh, that's conceivable. Uh, I think I think it being a boring game is conceivable. I think it being not exactly a shootout, but you know maybe a few more goals than you know than we would expect between these two teams is is possible. Uh, to me, you know, the the more that I think about it, the more I think it's obviously the players, you know, are, are the ones executing the game plan. But I think it's going to come down to coaching to a large extent, and I think. One of the interesting things uh, about this game, regardless of how the game turns out, it could be a boring game, it could be an exciting game, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But I think one of the things that's going to be interesting regardless is um, sort of what Don Kinnear and Bruce Arena do in this game, you know, in, in sort of mapping out their own team's game plan and trying to deal with the other team. Um, I think that that's, that's going to be really interesting. And I think that both of these guys, you know, they know success, they know... Um, you know, they, they've been through these uh, battles. You know, I use that very loosely, of course. Um, and I think that they also have a lot of pride. And I think, you know, to, to them, you know, for, for Kinnear, he wants to obviously avenge the loss last season, um, you know, by Arena's team. I think for Bruce, you know, it, it, I think it's going to be another feather in his cap if he, if he gets another one over on Kinnear. So to me, I think that's going to be really interesting. And I think both coaches have the – the potential to sort of play around with the formations and the lineups a little bit more than I think, uh, you know, some fans are anticipating. Well, that's a good point. And there certainly could be a lot of chess matching happening. They have had two weeks to prepare a game plan. But, I mean, we the, the books on both these teams are pretty, felt, uh, pretty well written. You've got, you know, Houston's either got free kick goals from Brad Davis or they're pulling defenders out of position and then going up the middle. Um, Galaxy have been very much an up the middle team with Donovan and Robbie Keane 
Um, and then there's always the threat of Beckham in the back. I just think on the road, Houston's going to kind of have their backs up against it. And it's not the same Houston that's been able to get three goal leads uh, throughout most of this playoffs. They're going to ha- be facing a team that's in it from, you know, minute one. So Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. And I think that that might end up being a, a tipping factor in it. I mean, obviously Houston won on the road in the wild card round, but, you know, they got their big performances at home in the other two rounds, and they're not going to have a chance to have a home game in this one. So um, a large, to a large extent, that, you know, obviously that game plan is, is – unworkable and they have to find a new way and and that could very well be the you know the tipping point in the in the in the final and and the galaxy may come through as a result yeah so you know go mls and new playoff format as far as i'm concerned uh so eddie johnson won mls comeback player of the year in a tight race with chris pontius uh feel free to comment on that if you will but Former Galaxy player and Chivas player Alan Gordon managed to finish third. Uh, were you surprised that he didn't get even more support? You know, to, be, to a large extent, I think uh, the only person that I'm really familiar with who's been beating the drum about Gordon's comeback, you know, from from the major injuries he had was uh, Robert Jonas, who of course was on the show uh, not too long ago. I mean, he's li- you know, I, I can't say that I follow every single. Uh, person out there, every single piece of information coming through MLS, but certainly I feel like I'm in the know, and you know he's about the only person who really made that clear that you know he was he was this close to to losing his career potentially, um, you know if his surgeries hadn't worked out in the off season. So in that respect, um, I'm not surprised that he didn't get more support. Um, that said, I think what it comes down to for this award is is philosophy, right? Like. I, I'm of the opinion that if you had, you know, if you're if you're in a situation like Eddie Johnson, who's been bouncing around, uh, couldn't find success in Europe, he was out of the game, you know, he had he failed in the first attempt to sign with MLS, uh, he failed a trial in Mexico, he'd been out of the game for close to a year, and you know this was his last chance to revive revive his career basically. To me, that's you know, and he did he did he revived his career in fantastic fashion. To me, that's great evidence for, for a comeback player of the year. Um, it seems like the other, um, school of thought is, you know, comeback is coming back a player who's previously in MLS who comes back from injury, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I, I don't know where you, you sort of fall on the, on, on the philosophical debate, but as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, I think Eddie Johnson was, was more than serving in this award. I, Pretty much absolutely agree. Um, when Johnson had his great uh, U.S. men's national team performances, I was like, all right, yep, comeback player of the year. Like, that was just done um, because, you know, this was a player who had all these, you know, kind of personal struggles and had trouble f- sticking uh, with the club and was even, you know, made fun of when he re-signed and to be able to come back and have that kind of impact on Seattle, who had always kind of been on the cusp of being a great MLS Cub, but not quite over that hump. Like, yeah, you know, he totally uh, deserves the award. 
I just think seeing what San Jose has been able to do with Alan Gordon, like not even just the injuries, just the fact that Alan Gordon was a journeyman's journeyman. No one saw him as a legitimate contributor to their club, and they just they made him this great option off the bench. Which who was you know if not as responsible for the season as Chris Wondolowski was pretty influential. And so just, I don't know, a little surprised that he didn't get uh, a little bit more support. Yeah, and I, I think it's one of those, you know, where San Jose got a lot of credit, so maybe he had a little bit of a subconscious or even conscious penalty, uh, you know, to, to not give the Earthquakes too much, uh, too many awards, and maybe that, that hurt him as well. Sure. All right, so another close race was uh, Columbus's Federico Iguain winning MLS Newcomer of the Year. And it was the media vote that gave Iguain the advantage here. So uh, who is this guy? All right, so I'm going to try really hard. Federico Iguain, um, you know, Columbus Crew's third DP. It was a big deal in the offseason when it happened. Um, he's got a good pedigree coming from River Plate's youth system and, you know, the signing from the Argentine League. Uh, and he sort of stands as a shining example of what's been talked about the last couple of days since the State of the League address, just how much money and resources MLS is putting into scouting Central and South America. And so you're having clubs going out and getting well, DP-type players from the Argentine League, which we really is kind of a new thing in MLS. Uh, he did have a pretty good year with Columbus, uh, five goals and seven assists. Uh, I, I didn't personally get to see him play because in the one match against the Galaxy, he was not available for selection. So I can't really speak too much about his style of play or anything, but it seems like this is a signing that has really helped out Columbus this year, and, you know, that's sort of what the award is about, so makes sense. What about you? Uh, I disagree to some extent. I mean, I don't, I agree that he, he made a big impact um, once he, once he arrived, but he didn't arrive until August, and, um, you know, he just didn't play enough games for me to really warrant the award. And I mean, it'd be one thing if if Columbus was, say, in seventh place when he arrived, and they ended up winning the Supporters Shield. You know, when he, you know, by the end of the season or something like that. Okay, maybe. But um, you know, they had a good season, but it wasn't a a, a success. I don't think in in many Crew fans' minds. Um, you know, overall, and and so. You know, I think it's it's one of those where, you know, I I personally voted for Felipe uh, of Montreal. Um, you know, he was one of those dark horse candidates that uh, I think didn't quite get the attention that he deserved because I think seeing him play, you know, especially when he was uh, healthy, I mean, he was he was really the catalyst for their attack uh, this season, and you know, despite the turmoil with um, what looked you know like problems between the ownership and, and the coaching staff and, you know, having the overhaul with trying to bring in as many Italians uh, seemingly as possible, you know, in the middle of the season, you know, Felipe, I thought was, was really good. And I thought he, you know, he, he had a really good season. 
Um, obviously, I think the other major candidate was, was Victor Bernardez. And again, this might have been one of those situations where San Jose folks, you know, had already gotten a lot of the credit, and so they didn't want to really give it to him. But as we talked, I mean, in the playoffs, it was pretty clear that Bernardez was, uh, you know, at the very least one of the top two or three key figures on that team um, by virtue of his absence. But, um, you know, I, I think Iguain can be a, a, a very good player, but I'd like to see him play, let's say, at least 25 games and see, you know, see how he does and, and then maybe judge him based on that. Oh, for sure. Uh, he he had the benefit, I think, of being able to make that splashy entrance yep. um, and then producing a lot in a short amount of time, which is, you know, small sample size. And sure, um, Bernardez is probably more deserving of the award since he was there the entire year and was crucial to San Jose's success. Uh, but, you know... I think we've solved the who is this guy uh, situation because, well, that's that's how he got the award. Um, so anyway, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to play some games. It's going to be a lot of fun, so please stick around. All right. Well, with the entire MLS media world in Los Angeles right now in in hotel rooms and whatnot, we're guestless once again. Um, but that suits us just fine, and we're gonna try a little role playing today. Uh, Alicia, you are Peter Vermes. The Coach of the Year voting shows just how much voters prefer offense to defense. Are you feeling jilted? You betcha I'm feeling jilted. You know, I'm the one who comes into this league. I institute this this brand new – okay, it's not brand new. I went to Barcelona to check it out first. But, you know, I, I institute this 4-3-3 formation. MLS had previously been all about 4-4-2. Uh, you know, everybody's throwing my team roses, telling us how great we look and how much fun we are to watch. Uh, this season I even had to change things up a little bit. You know, give us a little bit more grit uh, in order to, you know, to make sure that we could defend better. And, and even so, it all goes to Frank Gallup just because his, you know, his major play, his main player scores, you know, 27 goals. Whatever. You know what? Next time I see the voters, I'm just going to shove them in a, in a gutter, tell them how I really feel about them. You know, I don't need you in my life. I'm here to win. I'm taking names. I'm kicking butt. That's all there is to it. Well, your defense was well rewarded this MLS uh, award season, whereas San Jose, not quite the same level of respect. Isn't it great to see your underlings rewarded, even if you yourself uh, aren't getting to share in the glory? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that, but I mean, who do you think? How, how do you think that knucklehead Cullen is going to do on any other team? He's going to get a red card every three games. On my team, I know he knows who's boss. It's me. I'm the boss, Peter Vermees. All right, Matt Beasler. Yeah, he's a nice kid, but I'm the one who trained him and in, in, whipped him up into shape. That's why he's the he's the defender of the year. It's all because of me, you guys. It's all because of me. <clears throat> all right. Uh, so you, Josie, are David Beckham. After a well-timed announcement that you are leaving the LA Galaxy. Speculation abounds as to where you're going to go next. Do you already know where you want to go? Well, 
obviously, I have to think about my family and Posh, and obviously there's a lot of options for me. Uh, I, I had that offer from Paris, and people are now talking about Monaco, or New York, or Australia, and all sorts of, you know, obviously places that would be a good place to, uh, obviously further my career, but, you know, obviously I have to do what's best for me, and I just want to play for United one more time, obviously. Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson is one of the, if not the greatest coach ever, and who wouldn't want to play for him one more time? I mean, look at United's roster. It's full of people that I came up with anyway, and they're still trotting those dinosaurs out there. So, obviously, I think I would have a shot to, uh, you know, like, make an impact. So you're saying that you want to be reunited with Giggsy and with Skolzy and, uh, you know, make up the old man midfield one more time competitively for Manchester United. Well, obviously, like, you know, with Manchester City, uh, you know, coming in and winning a championship, obviously the city of Manchester needs me to come and bring back the Red Army uh, of old. And obviously, like, you know, that's just the icing on the cake for a career like mine where I've obviously been able to go in and just win trophies like wherever I go. Well, I'm, I'm amazed at this breaking news. Thanks for, for breaking it here, David. Uh, well, no problem. And, you know, please hold all your cell phone calls to the end. Um, you are Juan Agadello. MLS players train in Europe all the time, but folks seem to think it's a matter of time before you transfer over. Are you ready to leave MLS? You know, it would be great to play in Europe someday. Uh, I think it's it's really the dream for everyone. And so at some point, I would really love to come to Europe and in, into a team that's uh, pretty um, interested in me and who wants me to, to really contribute. Uh, I, would, I would love to sometime uh, to, to do that because I, I want to win and I'm a competitor and that's what I do for a living. Yeah, but don't you want to spend some more time uh, domestically? You know, you've got a good thing possibly going there at Chivas. Um, you know, don't you just love your teammates, love the city of Los Angeles? Yeah, I love Los Angeles. I think it's a great place. And I think that uh, Chivas is going to be 10 times better next year. Um, you know, so I love MLS. I totally love it. But you're still thinking about possibly going over to Europe. Um, at really, like, is there a level that you're looking for? Would you go to, you know, maybe the championship or second division in France or Germany? Um. Maybe, you know, I'd have to really look into it, but it's possible. Sure, why not? Maybe. 
Thank you uh, for your time, you wonderful, wonderful man. No problem. All right, uh, so you are Don Garber. Uh, a lengthy State of the League address was full of the usual talking points. Um, are you as high on your league as you seem to be? Well, we've got a great MLS Cup, you know, with the uh, LA Galaxy and the Houston Dynamo. Uh, these are two coaches who are legends in American soccer. Um, and our ratings are just through the roof. Uh, we had at least 10 people watching the Western Conference Final. It was five last year on whatever channel it was we used to be on. Uh, so that's just, you know, that's amazing improvement. Um, and I'm really excited about putting another team in New York. Um, my office is in Manhattan, so now I'll have two teams equidistant from my office. Uh, New York's got a great public transportation system. Um, and that's been, you know, uh, a dream of mine ever since I was a little boy to have two teams in New York. Um, so I think we are in an excellent place, you know, on any given Saturday, um, you know, or Wednesday um, or Sunday. Sometimes we schedule on Thursday. But on any of those days, any of our teams can win. And not not every team, not every league can say that. Only baseball, football, hockey, basketball, horse racing can say that, but nothing else. You know, you don't see them on the cross. So I think we are we're 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 up there. You know, and give us give us about 50 years, and we will be a a top worldwide league. I have a lot of questions, but you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let it hang in the air. Uh, I think you've said a lot, lot right, right there. So give me a little time to, to digest it. Maybe next year we'll, we'll pick it up. Yeah, sure. You know, I'm always uh, just a phone call away. You know, I'm very personable. So feel free to uh, call me anytime. All right. Um, well, that's going to do it for us tonight. Um, thank you all for listening once again. Um, I'm Josie, and you can always find me on Twitter at RockinJosie. And Alicia, where can we find you? You can find me at Soccer Musings on Twitter. All right. Well, we look forward to continuing the conversation with you. Have a good night. Go Houston. Oh, good Lord. <laughs>